0: you know, this really, this whole idea of progressive Christianity and the progressive church and and understanding it, the rubber meets the road when uh, those people become your people.
1: Welcome, Ordinary Discussion podcast listeners. Thank you so much. Another great episode today with Bob Pankey on how to respond to our loved ones, our friends, that may be drifting towards progressive Christianity. How do we respond? How do we do it in a way that is meaningful, that's not divisive, and that can have an impact? So you will definitely want to stay tuned for this podcast. It's extremely practical. If you haven't already, uh, I've already done another podcast with Bob, uh, podcast episode 83. It's titled The Red Flags of Progressive Christianity. And I just did another one today, so I don't know the episode yet, but it's going to be somewhere in the 80s, low 90s, and it'll be with Bob Panky on the um, got-tos, the six got-tos of our faith. And so if you don't know what that means, make sure you tune in, and I think you'll find that very helpful as well. And uh, hey, make sure you guys are liking and subscribing. Last time I mentioned on Spotify, I didn't even know this until today when I looked at my phone, that, that you can actually ask a question on Spotify as well. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can ask a question. It comes to us. We can answer your question directly. You can also follow us on the main page. And then next to the follow button are three little dots, Click on that, and then you can rate us. So stop what you're doing right now as you're listening to me. Just just go to your phone and do that for us, please. Also, on YouTube, you can like, subscribe, leave comments. All of that is so important, not so we feel good about ourselves or not so we get a great rating. It's So uh, these these um, technologies push push our content out. And so the more engagement we have, the more they will push it out as suggestions to other people. And so it's a great way for us to get the word of God out, and you can help us as we do our work in uh, spreading the the good news of Christ. So, enough of that, Bob. Welcome back uh, to podcast today. Are you are you still you still got energy?
0: We're going, man. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, yeah, guys. I, I always say we're good.
1: gonna. I'm sorry, interrupt you. What'd you say? I just
0: said, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.
1: Oh gosh, you're too kind. I'm taking all this time from Bob and he take he thanks me. I, I, that's his heart. Uh, I love it guys. I have like 35 minutes left on my SD card. And so Bob and I always say, I want to do a 30 minute podcast. We're doing it. So right now I'm looking at my screen. We have to be, we have to do this in 30 minutes, Bob. Can we do it?
0: I love, I'm a goal oriented guy. So okay. I love, I love the goal. Uh, okay. So, me.
1: So our questions are what? What's it's five? What? And go ahead and set the stage, and you just get going.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know this really, this whole idea of progressive Christianity and the progressive church and, and understanding it, the rubber meets the road when uh, those people become your people. <laughs> uh, when people that you know and love, and I'll make it personal, people that I know and love, are venturing off into some of these ideas, and and it's it's it breaks my heart, and that's really where this has to come from has to come from us having a broken heart for for what we see happening and it's it comes from a heart of love of of what can i do what should i do how can i react to this how should i react to this and and I, before we even go into these things i would certainly preface it by saying um, a prayer i mean I, I i didn't list that as as a response here but that should always be the first response praying for someone but also praying for the Lord to give me wisdom and discernment on how I should approach this and how I should not approach this with uh, someone that I love. So that that's really, really important. You know, if I go into a conversation, that's how I'm going to, that's, that's the lens I'm going to use here is is how to have a conversation with someone or conversations with someone about this. And if I go into a conversation and my goal is to win the argument, I'm probably not getting very far. Uh, I'm probably not having much effectiveness. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I, I really want my, um, my approach to be, um, how can I come at this from a heart of love, but also a heart of truth? We'll talk more about that in just a few minutes um, and have some conversations with this individual. The other thing I'll say as a preface before I mention maybe some suggestions here is is the, the realization for all of us that I cannot change Someone's heart.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a
0: Holy Spirit work. Yeah, that's good. Uh, And so that's not an excuse for me. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't even you know broach the subject or have the conversation. Um, But my uh, my ability to argue is not going to win the day. And I trust me, Jeremy. I I love to argue, man. I can argue. I love to get in arguments with you know win the argument. Just ask my wife. Uh, But but that's just not a good approach here. So.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking maybe we need to move past this thing. Cause I mean, you're trying, you're trying to, you're kind of stabbing me a little bit. Can we, can we move on? Can we move on? Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, talking talking to myself sweat. I'm starting to sweat. Yeah, I'm right. starting to
0: sweat. I'm talking to myself here because, and, and, and I joke about it, but but the reality is my personality, my line of the way I think is, is to lay out an argument. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how I naturally approach things and I'm not sure that that's a bad thing. I think God wired me that way. And so anyway, all that to say though, um, if I'm approaching a conversation with someone that I know and love from the aspect of I got to win this argument with them today, I'm probably not going to see much effectiveness, not at least not not the effectiveness I want to see. And so maybe maybe one of the marks of a great conversation with someone who is moving into progressive Christianity is the fact that they're willing to have another conversation about it at some point. Yeah, to me, that's a that's a win you know, if we can get there. So anyway, these are maybe this is not an all inclusive list, but this is just some thoughts and ideas that I have. I think I've got five of them here. Some of these are are more practical things. Some of these are more just mindsets that we should have. And so the first thing I would mention, and a lot of these come from my experience. Okay. So um, again, there could be a lot more that could be said about this different than these things. But I think the first thing that we have to think about, we should be thinking about, is to try to understand the context of why this person is moving down the path that they're moving down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what has led them to this place? What 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 what's the background? What's the journey leading up to this moment? Again, if I really love someone, I'm going to care about how they got here. Okay. And almost always, again, I'm just speaking from my limited experience. Almost always, a, a movement of, of of someone who considers themselves a Christian in, in, in church, you know, those types of things. They're moving towards progressive Christianity. Almost always, whether they would admit it or not, there is something that has happened along the way in their journey that has caused some pain or some some extreme questioning of some things. Uh, and and we not we may not be able to. I'm not suggesting that we all be psychoanalysts and try to figure out that in every case, but at least if we could be empathetic to how they got to where they are, that's a really really important part of the process and transparency. That's a challenging part for me. It's a challenging part for me. So uh, a couple of specific instances that I'm thinking of, um, you know, cancer diagnoses and a death in a family that really rocked the faith of an individual. We've seen that happen many times with many folks, you know, um, another situation I'm thinking of, of, of someone who, um, uh, got pregnant, uh, before they were married and had an abortion. Uh, and then that led to just enormous amount of internal ter- internal turmoil and pain in their lives. And and it led them to sort of stepping away from or walking away from Mm -hmm. uh, the foundations of their faith and on and on and on and on and on. We could go, we could talk about all kinds of scenarios. So just simply asking the question, why and and trying to understand some context uh, of of how they got to where they are.
1: I've noticed um, a large number of people I feel like it's a very common thing is, and I, I hate this term, by the way. I, I don't know why it bothers me so bad, but I hate it, but I'll use it either way. Uh, it, it, it revolves around church hurt. Um, yeah. Something a pastor did, something the church didn't do, something, and, and which ultimately uh, points back to having our faith in the wrong place, right? But, yes, that's easier said than done. I mean, I'm sure I've yeah. been hurt yeah. as well. Right. But that, that is a term thrown around church hurt. Right. And so I hear it a lot. And I, and when I hear it, I almost all, almost not almost, I wouldn't say always, but a lot of times there's some progressive thoughts going in in with that. Um, so anyhow, yeah, um, yeah. It, I just, something yeah. I have noticed.
0: That's exactly right. I've seen that many times. I mean, if, if it's not an excuse for, for us to be hurtful to other people, but, if you can find a group of people, a church somewhere, that that where there is no hurt between people, man, ring me up. I've never found it yet. <laughs> yeah, um, me let me, me know. You know. So again, not an excuse for it to happen, but just the recognition, and realization that that's human nature. That's the that's the yeah. sinful world that we live in. But
1: also a realization to us to realize that I love what you're saying. There's a why behind it. It's not like these people are saying. I hate Christ, I hate the church, I don't believe anything about it. It's just saying, no, I wanna believe in Christ and I wanna be part of the church. I just gotta I gotta somehow reconcile it in my mind because something has happened. There's a why and and that has caused me to really question and debate some things in my life. And so I think that's yeah. I think that's a great starting point.
0: Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. And and even if, if no other reason for that except that it helps us as we have the conversation with them to be able to have the right heart about it, that's you right. know, and I think that's so important. So all right, I'm gonna shut up because
1: we'll do. never make it in 30 minutes if I keep talking. Go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, going on. Well, that leads to the second one, and that is to to be willing to ask good questions. And again, Jeremy man, I'm I'm looking in the mirror when I say this thing because as you all know, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, I have a lot to say. <laughs> and uh, and, and sometimes in these conversations, I need to say less and listen more if I'm talking with someone. So um, asking great questions does a couple of things. First of all, it deepens my understanding of where they're coming from. OK, so and that's important. But also um, I've, I've seen this happen where I believe the asking of good questions and giving them a chance to share what they're thinking and why they're thinking that leads to future conversations, because very, very seldom does something like this come to any kind of finality in one conversation? You know, it, hopefully, as I said earlier, it's an ongoing conversation. So for example, you know, what are some, what are some examples of some good questions? Well, again, it depends on the situation, the context, but one of the questions I find myself asking a lot of times is where are you getting, where do you get your information about fill in the blank? Whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a recent conversation more recent conversation about jesus specifically and um the, the the statement was something along the lines of i'm not quoting it word for word but the statement from the other person was um about jesus being you know not non-judgmental and um loving uh, all, everyone all the time and um uh, something along the lines of of not categorizing people you know some of those kind of things and, and so i just rather than coming back with a response i just said where are you getting your information about Jesus? How, why do you think Jesus was that way? Yeah, And they really didn't know. And it's not a criticism of them. I mean, they heard that somewhere, read that somewhere. Somebody said that to them or whatever. Um, but, but you know, the, the reality of scripture is that, that Jesus made it very, very clear that there is a distinction between those who are of him and those who are not. And he used a lot of analogies for it. And So rather than it becoming a teaching session from Bob, it became more of a, let me encourage you to go back and read this, this, and this. Um, to find out more about who Jesus really is, you know, something like that, rather than trying to, like I said, win the argument in the moment, you know. So, those are those are some good questions. Another good question. This may be coming. This may come on conversation three or four, rather than conversation one. Uh, but is is this? Um, is God able to tell you that your heart, what your heart is saying, might be mistaken? Is it, in in your economy, is God able to tell you? that what your heart is saying might be mistaken. In other words, are you open to the correction of God? Uh, and again, that's not something I would lead with, yeah. but it, it leads to some good conversation if you can get to that point. So again, I'm not, I don't, I won't belabor the point, but just to say asking some good questions, um, I think is important there.
1: So, so I would just, um, and this is more, I'm saying this to myself, uh, but part of asking good questions is not asking I got you questions either, right? Like that yeah, goes back to the yeah. winning the argument thing, right? It's like I can ask questions in a way that I'm trying to trap somebody into making making them realize they're <laughs> wrong. Uh, but no, truly inquisitive, like I'm, I am I want to know what you think questions, right? I think that's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe another one, I just thought of this too, is is how would you know if God is correcting you? And, and, and then I I love to be self, I don't want to say self-deprecating. It's not about being self-deprecating, but I like to be transparent. You know, here's the struggles I've had. Mm-hmm. Here's the questions I've asked God. He's answered some of them and some of them he hasn't, you know, I mean, just mm-hmm. being real, but, but how would you know if God is correcting you? Yeah. Uh, would you know if God is correcting you and and maybe even share from my own life about some times when God had to correct me about some things. And so, again, I'm not lead with that question in the first conversation, but, if I can get to that point in question asking. So yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. The third thing I would say is this may sound like a very generic kind of general thing to say, um, but I would say living out what I would call the beauty of the true gospel in our personal lives. And I know that we all know it's important for us to be models and examples for people to see it lived out in our lives, those kind of things, but to live out the beauty of the true gospel for, for And the reason I I put this in the list is because one of the things that we hear, one of the things I've heard, and I think is oftentimes said by those moving in the direction of progressive Christianity, is something along the lines of um, the hypocrisy in the church. People say one thing, do another, Um, you know, that, that I don't want to be a part of something if you're not genuine and real. We've all heard those kind of statements, and they're all true. You know, I would also, you know, I would say also, you know, if you find a Christian who's not hypocritical in any way, let me know because I'd like to hang out with them because it, it's a part of, and again, not an excuse for hypocrisy. I'm not saying that, that it's okay, but-
1: I don't um, know. I don't even know if I want to hang out with that person. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I already feel bad about Good myself. Point. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I don't need, I don't right. need that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah I, I remember, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but I, I remember reading a story about uh, Gandhi at one point in time. Um, you know, who went on to kind of develop the whole concept of Hinduism in India. But um, the, the, at one point, Gandhi entered into the, to a church of some kind and and tried to check it out. Again, I'm going to butcher the story, so somebody correct me with the details here. But um, and and basically, the end result was he came away from that experience saying, you know, I, I think I like Jesus, but I don't really like his followers, <laughs> uh, and and so I I don't think this is for me. And then he goes on to be the big Hindu leader that he was. Well. I, I, I totally get it. You know, we want to be models and examples of Christ before others. But uh, it, that tells me that Gandhi never understood a sinner saved by grace. That's right. Um, because, um, yeah, I'm not perfect. And I don't know that any of, of us are at any point. So anyway, uh, living out the beauty of the true gospel, just a simple concept, like a, as simple as this may seem, just modeling consistent Bible study, a vibrant prayer life, repentance. Uh, man, I mean, a lot of the greatest revivals in, in our country That's right. mm-hmm. were began in moments of repentance and mm-hmm. confession. Yep. How powerful could that be if if people saw us as, as Christ-following believers walking in those types of things, acts of service and genuine confer- concern and care for our neighbor and all, all those things, um, especially if someone's been burned by the church, like mm-hmm. you said, church hurt, um, the more that, that they can see the genuineness in the gospel being lived out. Um, I, I think that's a really, we shouldn't skip over that as a response to this whole movement of, of the progressive church. If that makes sense. Uh, does well, that make yeah, sense? Yeah. I
1: think what you're saying is practice what you preach. It's hard to listen to somebody that's not, that's not following their own words. <laughs> so living that out is very important for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And for, and for others to see, to say the benefit, because that's not why we live a Christian life. It's not for any kind of benefit. It's it's in response to what Christ has already done for us, but but for others to see the vibrancy of our relationship with God on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I don't want to I don't want sh- to show it off necessarily. I want everything to always point to God, uh, but um, f- for us to be open books about about those things, and even I kind of attached to that to be open books about our own struggles and challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's healthy too in this conversation. So
1: not, not to slow us down. I know, oh, yeah, we're, I know, ahead. I know we're rolling here, but I, I just want to say part of living out the gospel and you're going to hear it from me is this, this intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, it, it's, it's extremely hard, if not impossible to deny Um the presence of God on someone's life or noticing they had been with Jesus. Talk about Acts 4.13, a keystone verse, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and re- realized they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Like when we spend time with Jesus, um, it, I think we underestimate the presence of God that we carry with us into situations like this that are unmistakable uh, to 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 other people so anyhow that's so good i, I could i couldn't miss that's the good. opportunity to talk about yeah, that <laughs> that is so good yeah. yeah yeah
0: when you think about it when we spend intimate time with the father in any capacity it changes us i mean that again back to some of the things we talked about in previous podcasts about part of jesus goal in my life is to change me Well, that's yeah. how he's going to change me. you know or part of how he's going to change me so yeah. uh, and that's noticed
1: by by other people yeah it absolutely is
0: uh, the fourth the fourth suggestion i'm making as maybe a response that we could have or, or a way to react to those is more of an internal lens that we look through that could lead to behaviors a- actions on our part but that is is it's it's ephesians 4:15, as paul's writing to the church in ephesus and he, he talks about speaking the truth in love and then let us grow in every way into him who is the head christ and so He's talking to Christians, he's talking to the church as he writes this, and he's talking to them about, um, about a- avoiding um, human cunning and cleverness and the techniques of deceit and some of these kind of things. And then, and then he says, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. And so it's almost as if a prerequisite or one of the prerequisites for unity uh, growing in every way into him who is the head Christ and unity with Christ and unity unity with one another is to be spirit led in this process of speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would submit that there is, is not a way in our flesh to speak the truth in love. It has to be led by the spirit to have a balance of those two things. Our flesh wants to lean hard towards one or the other Typically, maybe even our personalities sometimes want to lean hard towards one or the other. And maybe there are situations where we need to press in towards love or truth, vice versa in, in a situation. But to have the Holy Spirit balance of speaking the truth in love um, and, and how we can go about doing that when, you know, and when we should have those types of conversations. And so to me, as I think about that, the love part is the context that I'm coming from. It's a heart of love. I love you. I love you. And it's because I love you that I want to talk to you about what God says, mm-hmm. the truth, you know. And and that doesn't mean that if we, it doesn't say, <laughs> Paul doesn't say there that if you speak the truth in love, it'll always be received really well. He doesn't say that at all, uh, but he does encourage us to speak the truth in love. And I kind of, the, the, the picture that comes to my mind is if I'm standing at a fork in the road you know, and I see it, there's someone coming towards me and I'm standing at the fork. And if they were to turn and go this direction, uh, they're going to, it's going to lead to a cliff that they're going to fall off of and die. Or if they go this direction down this path, it's going to lead to, you know, a beautiful place. In what world would I not try to tell them not to go down this path Mm -hmm. that, that leads to death and destruction? You know, um, it's, it's because of love that I would want to intervene in their life. And so, there's a deep study there, Jeremy, more than what we can get into today. Um, but a a study in how to speak the truth in love, I think is a great, uh, study for any one of us uh, to to take on.
1: Yeah. And I think, listen, I, another, I mean, there's a lot of things you're saying right now that are, that are poking me pretty good, um, (laughs) as, as things I need to work on. I mean, this is one of them. Um, for sure. I, I think that it all comes down to getting the order correct. And and I want to use progressive Christianity's very own, uh, pr- progressive org's website to make my point. So they say, Oh gosh, what is it here? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading it. Oh, and selfless love towards one another is the fullest. They say selfless, this is number three of their tenets. Selfless love towards one another is the fullest expression of what we believe. Well, it's wrong. Because the fullest expression yeah. of what we believe as Christians is to first love Christ with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and then from that love, and then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? That was the second. The first was to love Christ. Well, their core tenet is that we love that the 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 fullest expression is to love each other. Which that's not what Christ called us to. I mean, he he was very clear. He was very very clear. The first is this. The second is this. Right? The, the, that was the, what the greatest of the the greatest of the commandments wasn't that they asked him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. You're wrong on Christian, progressivechristian.org. I'll just say it. But but it's so hard to to love someone in truth and love unless you do what you just mentioned before, which is walk out the gospel, like spending time with Christ, loving Christ. Because I can't do it in my, in my own. I don't even do it well, <laughs> period. But I could never even attempt to do it on my own. It has to come from Christ in and through us. And so... Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not helpful, but it just, it popped in my head as you said it.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would say in a similar way, this is sort of outside of this conversation somewhat, but even when we're talking about someone who, who does not know Christ yet, is not a believer, it, even sharing the gospel in general is because of my love for them, that's right. because of my love for Christ and mm-hmm. because of my love for them, that I would even share the gospel. And if you think about it, the whole concept of sharing the gospel to begin with is helping people see that there's another way, mm-hmm. you know, so it is a correction if you want to think of it in yeah. that way or in those yeah. terms. And so, um, yeah, speaking the truth in love is a huge part of, of this process. And as I said, being led by the spirit in it, part of it also is having the spiritual gumption. That's a, a nice word for it. The guts to, to, to have the conversation and speak the truth in love, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I, I think we could tend to shy away from that if we're not careful. So for sure. Yeah. And then the last thing that I would mention, and and again, these are in no apparent order necessarily, but, but the last one here um, is more of a, again, an internal lens for us uh, as we're having some conversations with people that we know and love to realize and, and, and understand that there's a difference between love and affirmation. Those are two different words with two different meanings and two different concepts. We throw them together. In a lot of sentences, love and affirmation, love and affirmation, it's two different things. I can love someone and I can affirm who they are, what they're doing, actions, you know, those kind of things. Or I can love someone and not affirm yeah. their actions or their behavior or their lifestyle or whatever. And uh, there's an enormous amount of cultural pressure around us that says you can't separate the two, that if you do not affirm, someone in what they're doing or how they're living or the choices that they make, then you must not love them. And that is just simply not true. It's not true at all. And so, um, you know, just thinking through questions and and even having conversations with some other believers with questions like, you know, when would, when would affirmation of someone be wrong or harmful? I can think of all kinds of situations where affirmation would be wrong or harmful, you know, um, in a lot, in a lot of ways. And so, um, for us to just kind of have that idea or, or understanding that the two are, are not the same thing. And, and for us, again, to be Holy Spirit led in how to love someone and yet not affirm, um, you know, what may be happening in their lives or choices they may make or lifestyle they may live or, you know, something like that. So I think that's really important. And I think even well-meaning Christians can really struggle with that sometimes to struggle with with how to navigate those two things, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But I, I think back on my life, I think that some of the most loving conversations in my life were non affirmative. (laughs) It was like, I, I I honestly think the ones that I probably, I I don't have time to sit and think right now and ponder on it, but just, just briefly, I would say the one, the, the most loving conversations I can remember as I'm trying to just think back probably have a lot more to do with someone not affirming what I was doing than someone affirming me. I, yeah. I just, I have to be honest. Um, now my grandmother yeah. was great at affirming me and she was awesome and she loved me. And I, I, that was the best. Right. But, but at the same time, I think that I, I, some of that, and you're, you're a former football coach. And so you'll get this, especially being FCA. Like I'm like the the, the whole, the, that whole thing actually doesn't, doesn't really, I I agree with it. I don't understand the opposite of it. Like you can't, you have to affirm somebody to love them because Man, when I was in sports and I still crave it today, it's funny. I haven't, haven't played sports in probably 20 plus years, 25 <laughs> years, or so. but I still crave that film session where my coach is like, McCommons, you're an idiot. Why did you take that step? Right. And people be like, that's not yeah. loving. And I'd be like, no way, man. When my coach was on me, like when he was like tearing into my butt, uh, I knew that he was doing that because he wanted the best for me. And um, I'm not saying that's how we should do it in our walk or in everyday life, but I'm just saying, uh, yeah, that, that it's so foreign to me to think that, that you would have to believe that love is also affirming. Uh, but I, yeah. I do see yeah. it today. I see it in our, in, our, in our world today, everywhere.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to me that we, we, um, we tend to, th- our culture, our culture tends to th- think that you must affirm but only in certain components of life. So I'll give you a fast example. My best friend that I've been best friends with since junior high, high school, college, we room together, best men at each other's weddings, the whole nine yards. He is now our family physician and has been for a long time. And you know, he and I go out to breakfast once a month and catch up and visit and you know shoot the bull and all that kind of stuff, but he's also my doctor. <laughs> uh, and so I go see him for checkups and things and you know all that kind of stuff, probably not nearly as often as I should and as often as he want me to, but I do occasionally. And, um, and, and this, this analogy makes sense to us, you know, uh, this been about a year ago now I went in and I did my annual blood work and I go in to see, his name is Ralph. I go in to see Ralph and, and he looks over my blood work and he says, this isn't good. You're going to need to change some things. And then we lay out a plan and here's what you need to change this. And here's how to get this one down. And here's how yeah. to get this one up. And, uh, you know, if you don't do this, then, then we're going to have to do this. You know, I mean, he kind of laid it out there. And I know because I have long time history and relationship with this guy that he loves me. I know yeah. he loves me and I love him. You know, we're again, best friends. And yet he did not affirm yeah. <laughs> my yeah. eating habits and lifestyle choices, you know, and those kind of things. And he, he, he laid out a plan for how I could go about doing it differently. And it's, it's, it's odd to me that we'll accept that from like a medical doctor kind of scenario. We kind of expect it. And yet we wouldn't expect it with things of a spiritual nature, you know?
1: Yeah. And I'll take it another step. It's weird how, and I don't know if this is so much progressive as much as it just as just liberalism in our world today. It's crazy to me how you are, you hate if you don't affirm certain things, right? Because, yeah. because who are you to say that that person is sinning or that person is not living right. However, is there a single person in the world that would say that someone is a uh, an absolutely drinking themselves to death alcoholic, and they wouldn't tell that person that they are they should stop doing what they're doing and they should like no why aren't we just affirming that like that's okay that's right. it, it, that's just yeah. who they are it, they have, they're genetically disposed to be to be an alcoholic so that's okay you just be more of who you are no we don't we don't affirm that we don't affirm a guy out beating his wife. We don't, I mean, I can keep going on and on. So it's like, we just take these, these silly, make no, no sense lines around. So anyhow, the, the world has just, has, has, conf- well, the devil has just can really confuse things yeah. to the point that now we can just take offense. Anytime somebody doesn't affirm us and just discount what they have to say. But yeah. I think what yeah. you said is really important is you have a relationship with Ralph. He has a relationship yeah. with you. You can hear his, his love in the fact that he's not affirming you. And I think that's the thing that's, that goes back to the speak truth and love. It's like, we, we have to be careful about, it starts with relationship with people. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. I think the bottom line here with any of these uh, is, is, you know, especially the, the, the love and affirmation thing. I want to make sure that whoever, whoever I'm in conversation with about, about something like this, knows that I love you no matter what and I'm not going to abandon you and I'm not going to walk away from you and I'm not going to leave you because you don't agree with me or disagree with me or because you know we may have some difficult conversations here I'm still going to love you anyway I want to make sure they know that I want to make and I I even say that I want to say that you know Um, because again the goal is at least the short-term goal is to have a second conversation to have another conversation about this at some point as the Holy spirit does its work, does his work in, in their lives and on their hearts, you know? Love it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm I'm not suggesting any of these things are easy. Uh, uh, You know, not Not at all. Yeah, Uh, for
1: sure. sure. (laughs) Well, Hey, this is so hard for me. I think we're at 30 minutes. We may be a minute over, but I said I was going to do it. So we're going to do it. So that's our five responses. uh, When you have someone in your life that you love or in, in deep friendship with that you feel like is, Traveling down this path of progressive Christianity, how do you handle it? How do you respond? I think those are five great responses. And uh, thank you so much again, Bob. Three podcasts. You gave us a ton of your time, a ton of your knowledge. Uh, and I just I just can't thank you enough.
0: That's absolutely my pleasure. I'm thankful for the opportunity to have the conversation and get sharper myself.
1: Well, awesome. Well, guys, uh, until next time, uh, keep Keep pursuing uh, Christ with, with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then from that, we can pour out our love into this world and, and, and share the love of Jesus Christ. So let's do this. See you guys.